as we come together here to celebrate the second Sunday of Easter, or also known as Divine Mercy Sunday, some of us sitting here carry our own worries within our lives. We may be physically here present, praying or trying to pray, but our minds begin to wonder, to worry, to be concerned about the next thing. It could also be preoccupied with the things of our lives to this moment, to this day, whether it's our work, whether it's our job security, whether it's the money that we have, whether it's our education, whether it's the letter that you've gotten in the mail from Father Flynn and the amount on it seems extravagant, whether, the whether it's your children or many other things within your life, you're preoccupied and worried about these things. And just like the apostles today in the upper room, they tend to shut everything out because of fears, because of worries. The disciples today are in the upper room shutting themselves out from the world because they are worried. They are worried that if they come out and share to the, good, to the world the good news, to share with the world what they have experienced, they themselves will then follow in the footsteps of their master, their teacher, their rabbi. And they themselves will then have to experience that cruciating death, that gruesome death that their Lord has experienced. They don't want that for themselves. They're so afraid of what could happen, what's going to happen. And if I hand myself over completely, where is it going to take me? And for that reason, they're up in the upper room, shut off from the world, hiding. But what is interesting is even when all the doors are shut, all the windows are closed, and they're hiding in secret, what did we get from our gospel reading today? Jesus appears and enters into their midst. And he didn't say, surprise, I'm here. But he says, peace be with you. Within our own chaos, within our own worries of our lives, how many times do we really allow the Lord to enter into our lives? We're so preoccupied with our own worries, we want to take control of those worries. We want to have control. We know best within our own lives and we can do it ourselves. So there's no need for me to let God into my life. I can do it. I got it. So we shut ourselves out from the world, but the Lord instead wants us to enter into that relationship. The Lord wants to enter into that messiness of our worries. And what he wants to offer each and every one of us is peace. Peace be with you. This peace he gives us is not the peace where it's just the absence of chaos. But the word peace comes from the root word shalom in Hebrew. Shalom here is not just the absence of chaos, but the complete integration of mind, body, and soul. In that shalom, there's three key relationships that have to be met for shalom to truly occur within one's life. First one is shalom with others, or first with God. 
That shalom with God is recognizing the need for God to get on our knees and plead for his help. Because we ourselves can't do it all. We ourselves can't take all of this on for ourselves and recognizing who we are in relation to God. All these blessings, all these struggles are gifts from God to help us grow, to help us become better. But sometimes it's difficult, it's challenging to overcome those difficulties. I remember growing up as a child, one of the things I hated the most was getting sick. Because in getting sick, I had no control over myself. I had no control of what that illness was going to do to me. I had no control of what I could do with my life at that moment. But instead, I had to rely on my brothers, my sister, and especially my mom for everything I need. But in that sickness, I begin to recognize my own weakness, my own frailty, and to be humble enough to say, Mom, can you help me? Hey, sis, can you help me? The second relationship in shalom is with others. The shalom with others is the harmony with each other in relationship. So the shalom with others is just not the absence of any hatred, any bitterness, any envy, any jealousy. But how do I work those relationships and enter in those relationships more fully in giving myself over? In allowing myself to see God in and through others. That shalom of coming to peace with disharmony coming to appreciation with the fact that maybe we can't come to a resolution, but we both can leave a conversation agreed to disagree. Finally, the relationship with oneself, the shalom of oneself. How do we develop this inner peace? We come to these worries, we come to these preoccupations because it's our doing to ourselves. I want to control this situation. I want to have dominion over this situation and I can do it myself. So how do we then turn ourselves over to God, trusting that everything he has, everything we've done in our life is a return of God's gift? How do we give back all of that to God? How do we give back his peace, his joy, his love that he's given each and every one of us? How do we allow ourselves to enter into the most challenging moments of our lives just as Jesus Christ did on the cross? Handing control over to God the Father, knowing that he has our good in mind. How do we allow that to happen? And I think it's so fitting today as we celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday because at the bottom of every image of divine mercy, we see the words, Jesus, we trust in you, or Jesus, I trust in you. What does that image really draw us to? How do we hand ourselves over completely to God in trusting him, 
knowing that he's a good and loving father, that he's walking with us every day and every moment of our life, trying to lead us to what is best for us. As parents, look at yourself. No parent wants anything bad for their child. All parents want their child to strive to succeed, to be the best person they are. But now flip your mindset and remind yourself of when you were a child. Did you see what your parents saw as being good? Did you see the struggles, the challenges they were challenging us to do as something that's going to help us become better? Those challenges, those pushes, those leading us to these difficult moments have made us who we are today. As imperfect as our parents were, they were trying their best. So that's our human parents. Imagine what God the Father can do with our life if we trusted in Him. Trusted in Him so much that we would allow Him to lead us to where He wants us to be. To do what He's called us to do. Secondly, to see God in others. If we begin to recognize someone being created in the image and likeness of God, trusting that God has something in store for them, how much more can we love our brothers and sisters? How much more can we give ourselves over in this deep and intimate relationship? How much more can we begin to find God in everyday and ordinary aspects of our life? And finally, Abandoning ourselves and allowing God to lead us in our daily life. Because every day as we allow God to enter, allow God to work within our lives, we are transformed and changed forever. We see this very clearly as we continue through the gospel reading. After Jesus says, peace be with you, he gives up the Holy Spirit, but the person missing is who? Thomas, Doubting Thomas, or Thomas Didymus. He didn't trust God. He didn't trust his brothers in seeing God in and through them. So what does he do? He doubles down and says, I don't believe that God has risen. I don't believe Jesus has risen from the dead. And so to prove you wrong, I have to put my hands in his wounds. I have to touch his side. I have to experience it for myself. So what happens to Thomas when he comes to trust more in God? I believe. And for that reason, at the end of John's gospel, we hear John write, not all of these things were recorded down, but what has been written has been written down for you so that we can believe. So how can we trust God more every day to grow in that relationship with him? and allow him to take control to lead us in our daily life. I want to leave us with this, po this, this story that I have. A poet writes, One can dictate a peace, but shalom is, more than, is, is a mutual agreement. Peace is a temporary pact. Shalom is a permanent agreement. One can make a peace treaty, but shalom is a condition of peace. 
Peace can be negative, the absence of commotion. But shalom is positive, the presence of serenity. Peace can be partial, but shalom is whole. Peace can be piecemeal, shalom is complete. Jesus comes today to offer each and every one of us peace. He doesn't come to offer us the absence of chaos, but he offers us true integration, body, mind, and soul of peace. This peace is going to allow us and transform us and give us new life. And for that reason, when we look at the image of divine mercy, blood and water flows from his side. The blood is the symbol of his love. That water that comes out of his, of his side is the renewal of newness of life the new life that he's giving us in that peace. But what it calls from us is to trust in him. So my dear brothers and sisters, as we spend this week meditating on the divine, divine mercy of God, let us look at this image of Jesus, the divine mercy, and say and recite to ourselves, Jesus, I trust in you. Make those words not just words that come out of our mouths, but every day and every moment of our lives, turning ourselves over to God, trusting him and allowing him to lead us where he's called each and every one of us, to direct our lives the way he's called us, and most importantly, put us on the right path so that we can work our way towards heaven. Amen.